Well, hi, you guys. I'm glad to be with you again tonight. I have enjoyed being here the last four weeks, and uh, especially getting to know some of you on a deeper basis as we've gotten together on, around the table, uh, drilling down on 1 Corinthians 16.13. We've had a great conversation about that. Uh, speaking of uh, quitting, you know, Russell asked the question, are you a quitter? Well, I certainly would not want to define myself as a quitter. In fact, I'd like to think that I, I persevere. <clears throat> but is it true that I'm a quitter? There has been more than one time in my life when I have quit. What immediately came to mind when you asked that question, Russell, was when I was about 10 or something like that, I decided I wanted to go out for Little League and had not played at all, but I just decided, let's give it a shot. Asked my dad to drive me and my best friend to the field on Saturday morning to practice, and everybody's out there on the field with new cleats and new gloves and new bats and balls, and I'm sitting there, you know, a beat-up old glove, thinking, I don't even know if I belong on this field. And I took a look at the field and look, took a look at dad and said, take me home. Quit. Just like that. So, uh, yeah, I would like to think I'm not a quitter, by definition, but I am capable of uh, falling to fear, that's for sure. Tonight, we're going to uh, take another look at this, this uh, topic of a man's identity. I talked about it two or three weeks ago. And what I want to share tonight is an overview that, honestly, I normally uh, use a whole weekend to talk through. It's a four-series weekend retreat conversation, and tonight I'm packing it into a, like about a 20 or 25-minute cube because I think it's really important. And are we going to drill down far enough or as far as I would love to? No, we won't. But this is really important, and where I want to start is by telling you there are four qualities of a man's heart we're going to talk about tonight, and I want you to know you got them. What do we need here? Okay. Thank you. You've already got them in you. What I believe is that when God decides to make a man, there are certain components and qualities that he puts in our hearts. They are alive or dead. They're asleep, undiscovered, found liberated, lived in, or not. But I'm telling you guys, they're in you. So that's the good news, and I want to make sure you remember that. Everything we talk about in the next 20 minutes, it's in you. It just needs to come out. It needs to be lived. You guys remember one of the, the most well-known stories of Jesus' life. <clears throat> when he was asked, Teacher, tell us what is the most important commandment for us to follow? And you all remember it. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love others as yourselves. Jesus in that moment not only gave a profoundly simple, direct, and deep answer to a pretty hard question. He also defined for us how human beings are made. And since we're all guys here tonight, what I'm going to focus on is how men are made, heart, soul, mind, strength. You all got heart. 
emotions. You all have soul, your spirit. You all have mind, your intellect. And you all have strength, your physical body. Just like that, Jesus defined how men are created. Women, too. Tonight we're talking about men. Because I think the definitions and how those things are lived out are absolutely different between men and women. Not better or worse one way or the other. Just different by God's design. And so there are four qualities I'm going to talk about coming out of heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I'm also going to give us a picture, an image to keep in mind. Because we men are very visual, usually like to have some kind of picture or a comic book or some video in front of us, so we can see what we're talking about. I'm going to give us a picture. What does it look like when we love the Lord our God with all of our heart? The main quality in the heart of a man is compassion. You might not have guessed that. It doesn't seem like a very manly quality. I'm telling you, it is. Compassion. Where do you think that word comes from? Anybody know what the prefix com means? Any guesses? Close. What was that? Across. That's close. Com. Communication. Companion. Uh, Compassion. The prefix com means with. Together with. Passion. Feelings. Depth of feelings. The deepest meaning of the word passion is suffering. Do you guys remember the movie, The the Passion of Christ? The suffering of Christ. Calm passion. To feel what another person feels. To reveal what you feel. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7 says this. See if you spot a word that keeps reoccurring. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion. Love that phrase all by itself. He's the Father of compassion. Yes, it's a manly quality. And the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble, with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for you. Uh, if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer, passion. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Comfort, 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 comfort. The God and Father of compassion gives us that, so that we may comfort others. Or that when we are in need, we can have a heart, a heart that is open to being comforted itself. Comfort. Comfort. Over and over again, we hear this. Here's the image that I want to give us about a man who lives 
with compassion. He's a lover. He's a lover. And that, again, may not sound like a manly quality, but it is, guys. It's a man who is strong enough and courageous enough to open up this thing in your chest and reveal, this is me. I trust you with me. That's an act of love, isn't it? And I want to know you. I open me up to receive you, and what I want you to know is you are safe with this. That is an act of love. And you know, guys, it may feel squishy, it may sound odd, but I'm telling you, it's why you're here tonight. When we get around a table and one guy starts to tell the truth, it draws, doesn't it? It just draws. Holy cow, I thought I was the only guy with that story. You too? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. You have the compassion of a lover. That's the first quality. Love that shares its own wounds. Love that empathizes with others. Love that engenders trust. Would you like to be a guy who lives that kind of love even more than you do? I do. Engenders trust. Then be a man of compassion. Because it's in you. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, the second quality. When we love God with all of our soul, the quality that comes to the surface is confidence. You guys, maybe you've run into a bully somewhere in your life. I did. When I was in first grade. He was a kid who went around and pulled the girl's hair. And he shoved guys, and he knocked their books out of their hands. He was a tough, mean kid. Walked around with this swagger, this air of confidence. That's not the kind of confidence I'm talking about. That's not at all the kind of confidence I'm talking about. In fact, that's the reverse. What's going on in a boy or a man like that is enormous insecurity. He's hiding it behind a thick exterior. By the way, this kid, first grave, uh, first bully I ever ran into, you know what his name was? Biff. (laughs) Biff Hoyt. How was I to know that way back then in 1958 or whenever it was, some other guy 20 years later is going to be the world-famous Biff the bully? Biff. Not that kind of confidence. Not at all that kind of confidence. Confidence that's rock solid. A firm foundation, not because of who I am or how tough I am or how I swagger or what I know or what my story is or what I drive. Because of him. Because of him. That's it. Because of who made me and who died for me. That's where our confidence comes into play. Passage I want to refer us to here is Psalm 139. You might already know where I'm heading on this one. This is a great chapter. There is so much in this chapter, but let me just read verses 13 through 16. Listen to this, you guys. This is powerful. 
Lord, for you created my inmost being. We could just stop there and spend the next 15 minutes just thinking about that phrase, man. Lord, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Maddie's frame, his personality, spirit, mind, and strength were knit together in his mother's womb. Yours too. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, weaving takes effort and intention, by the way, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Wow. Before one of your days was lived, the author, the creator, all-powerful, almighty God, knew you and knit you together in the secret place. Now, what I, what I like to say about this passage is, if this is not true, if that passage isn't true, well, then which other ones aren't true? Honestly, we might as well just chuck the whole thing. But if this is true, guys, it changes everything. It changes everything. It matters significantly. The creator of the universe knit us together intentionally. Every one of us, no better or worse than the next guy, just uniquely, like no one else. When we love the Lord our God with all of our soul, we have the confidence. And what it looks like is, the picture I want us to have is, a king. You're a king. You're royalty. You're a son of the king of kings. Romans 8, 14 tells us this. Romans 8, 14 through 17. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. You received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, Dad, Daddy. To the the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit, we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. We're brothers with Jesus. Sons of the living God, the King of kings. Our inheritance is a royal one. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Men, our role as men here on earth is to bring godly, kingly authority into the lives of those around us. Not oppressive, not controlling, 
not violent, not self-centered. The, the energy all goes that way, not this way. We know men who are broken, fallen kings. Men who accrue power, accrue wealth and possessions. Men who stake claim to their territory. We know plenty of those kinds of kings. This kind of king uses all of that power and authority for the benefit of others. Our wives, our kids, other men, our church, our community. We bring power for the benefit of others. We sacrifice for the benefit of others. We pass on a blessing for the benefit of others. Those are all things good kings do. Defends, sacrifices, governs, blesses. And we are called to do the same thing. You are called to do the same thing because God, in his infinite wisdom, decided to make you a man. And it's in you. I'm not telling you anything that is out here and you've got to go to school to learn. It's in you. I would like you to remember that. It is in you. It needs to come alive. It needs to be identified. It needs to, to be honored. Lord, please, please help me to be a more blessing-oriented, king type of person in the lives of others. God. You pray that, and it will happen, I believe, guys. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. You've got the compassion of a lover. With all of your soul, you have the confidence of a king. With all of your mind. There's a third quality. When we love God and others with all of our mind. Any guesses as to what letter it starts with? It's a C. Conviction. You got a mind. A man's mind has conviction. We believe stuff. We stand on stuff. We will not move on certain stuff. And because of other stuff, we will absolutely move. We will engage. We will enter. We believe in certain values and principles. That's what men do. I love that word. Conviction. Let me read a passage in Galatians. Gal, what a contrast this is. Galatians 5, 19 through 25. 20, yeah, through 25. Here's one kind of guy. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do we see any of these kinds of guys around us? Some of us have been this guy. Some of us, though we now walk in the light, are vulnerable to these same ways of life. We need to renounce them. We need to have the conviction that though this, I am capable of doing this, though I am capable of being a quitter, 
I am not. I reject that. Though I'm capable of debauchery, I reject that. That is no longer who I am. I claim who I am. I'm a man of conviction, for Pete's sake. That looks like the next several verses. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Next sentence is one of the most ironic ones in all of Scripture. Against such things there's no law. Wow, really? Thank goodness. No law against this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Conviction. Conviction comes from living life, being soaked in the Word, having the Spirit in us, and gaining wisdom. Gaining wisdom about how to live life. And the picture I want to give us here is a mentor. A mentor. You know, the Bible says knowledge puffs up. Just accruing information and knowledge swells the head. Not so with wisdom. In fact, the the greatest benefit of wisdom is when it gets passed on brought into the life of another person, another man or woman. Folks, 20 years ago, I did this. Man, I regret it. Holy cow, it left me with a limp. And it will be a limp I never lose. But wow, did I get some wisdom out of that thing. Let me just let you know. With your kids. I just had a conversation with my son this week in Boston. He's been invited to, to get a, um, a promotion with more responsibility and authority. And he's, he's telling me he's kind of excited, but he's also giving me a number of rational reasons why he probably shouldn't do it. It just might not be right. Whoa. Uh, the rational reasons, they made sense. But you know what I hear underneath the surface? Quitter. Fear. Really. He can do this. I'm not saying we always take every job we're offered. He can do this. I know he can do it. And so I just told him, hey, pal, um, about 22 years ago, I was in a similar situation, and let me just tell you what happened for me in that. Or the baseball thing. I can tell him a number of stories. First day of clarinet lessons, I quit. You guys are going to think, man, alive, you're defined by quitting. I'm not. I've been a minister to men for 36 years. Uh, That takes some degree of perseverance. When we gain experience, when we have hurts, when we trip in potholes, when we get a wound, we accrue wisdom. We get conviction. We start to believe certain things about life and what matters and what doesn't and who I would like to be in terms of my claim of Christ in my life, and who I renounce. And I want to pass that on. Not just keep it to myself. I want to pass it on. You're a mentor. God, does the world need mentors. 
men who are mentors. I don't know if you guys have a mentoring program here at New Life, but just about every church I know needs men to step up and be mentors. And you know what I find? Uh, Sorry, I'm getting off a little bit off track here, but uh, what I find is older guys disqualify themselves as mentors because they think what? I don't have it all figured out myself yet. Holy cow, I can't tell this young guy what I think about during the day or the mess that I have with my teenage daughter or whatever it is. I don't have it figured out yet. I'm disqualified. Let me just get my own life straightened out before I reveal mine to you. Older men disqualify themselves from entering. I know this. So do younger guys. They disqualify themselves too. Why would someone want to pay attention to me? Why would someone even notice? Why would a guy like Scott dare to spend an hour with me over lunch twice, once every two weeks? Because you matter, that's why. Because <laughs> you matter. You're another life, and your life matters. And when Scott pours into your life, and I'm picking on you, I forgot your name, is it Gary? Garrett because you look pretty young. You gain a sense of significance, and so does Scott. And you both discover you actually need each other, and you don't have to qualify. You bring your lives into one another, and Scott has something that he can pass on, because he sprained an ankle spiritually or emotionally a number of years ago. That's being a mentor, and that's the third quality. We have the conviction of a mentor, when we love God and others with all of our mind. Last one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. When we do that, we have courage. That's the quality in a man. In fact, I would go so far as to say that I think courage is probably the defining quality of what it means to be a male. Courage. I said this to the guys around the table a couple of weeks ago. You know the root word of courage? What? Rage. That's a good guess. But it's wrong. (laughs) It's funny, but it's wrong. A French student. Cœur. Heart in French. It's about your heart. Bring your heart Bring your heart. Courage is walking into fear, the willingness to engage fear, not the absence of fear, the willingness to enter it. Any guy who's been in the military knows this. You cannot be courageous without fear. You're just dumb or foolish. If there's no fear, you walk into it. You move into the unknown. You move into the darkness. You move into relationships. You move into conflict or confusion. Movement, action, entering into courage is so much a part of what's in you as a man. And the, the picture I want to give us is one that most men, they like this one. 
you're a warrior. You're a warrior. You're a lover. You're a king. You're a mentor. When you love the Lord your God with all of your strength, courage comes out, and you have the courage of a warrior. And again, we know broken warriors. We know selfish, self-centered warriors. There are many of them around us. It's all about me. It's all about strutting. It's all about pride. It's all about dominance. Those are broken warriors because it's all about them. It is not. The redeemed warrior, the guy who is in you that God knit together, is a guy who brings your strength and your courage on behalf of others. Two things. You fight on behalf of those you love. And you fight on behalf of principles you believe in. That's what a warrior does. A godly one. It ain't about me. I will fight for people I love, and I will fight for principles I believe in. There are certain things in life that are worth fighting for. There are certain things in life that are worth living for, and some things in life worth dying for. A man who is a warrior understands this. And boy, I could go into all sorts of stories about this. But Joshua 1, 6 through 9, is, is one of the passages that is most evident here, and we've taken a look at this around our table as well over the last couple of weeks. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be st- very strong and courageous. Just be strong and courageous. The Lord is telling Joshua, who is viewed as one of the greatest warriors in the Old Testament, how come? Why would, they tell, why would the Lord tell Joshua this message? Because he was neither strong nor courageous. Just be strong and courageous, Joe. It's in you. And Brad, it's in you. The ability to encounter fear and nevertheless walk into it. That's what a man who loves God and others with all of his strength does. And so let me just recap. When we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, we've got the compassion of a lover. You do. When you love the Lord your God with all of your mind, with all of your soul, you've got the confidence of a king. With all of your mind, you've got the conviction of a mentor. And with all of your strength, you've got the courage of a warrior. It is in you, men. God decided to put it in your heart when he made you a man. And so I'm telling you, when it comes to your identity, these four qualities are pillars in you. And we don't always live that way. We don't. We just have to confess that. Nevertheless, we are defined by the qualities that Jesus demonstrated. And and if we had more time, we could talk about every one of these, how Jesus was a warrior, how he was a mentor, how he was a lover, how he was a king. They're defined throughout his life, and they're a part of who you are as men. Just want you to know. Let's pray.
Father, thank you so much that you love men. And because of that, men absolutely matter. Men bring significance into the lives of other people. They communicate value. They communicate worth. Thank you so much for each guy here tonight, Lord, including myself. Would you please remind all of us that this is your intent for men. Compassion, men. Conviction, guys. Confidence. Courage. The world needs men like this who don't use those things for themselves, but turn them outward. Always, always, always outward for the benefit of others. Sink that truth deeply into our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. I would uh, like to just mention quickly, if I may, Russell, I meant to ask you this beforehand. I send out a a monthly email. Uh, It's called In Flight for Men on Their Journey, Encouragement for Men on Their Journey. And uh, if you guys would like to get that, I I tell some stories, some Bible verses, lessons from Scripture, and then just watching life around me and and learning some principles and things like that. Uh, It's easy to read. But if you'd like to get that, I've got a clipboard on that back table over there. All I need you to do is just give me your name and your email address, and I'd be happy to to add you to that. Thank you, Russell. Thank you.